Hi, this is Apocalypse Queen Radio with your host, author A.R. Shaw. I'm here today at the very last second with author Alex Shaw. Um, it's always a technical difficulty thing. If you can't <laughs> see him, here he is. We already have a couple of listeners. Uh, oh, good. I have to say this is a copyrighted podcast solely owned by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Hi, Alex. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm fine, Annette. I'm uh, happy that the technology's working. You know, it's, it's 11 o'clock at night here, so if I don't look, if I don't look so um, energetic, it's because it's late. But I'm, I'm happy to be here. Oh, good. Good. So it's 11 o'clock there. It's 4 o'clock in my time zone. Anyway, so you, uh, you and I have been buddies for, gosh, years. And, we have, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And one funny thing is that when I started becoming a little more popular, and people started knowing you at the same time, they thought you were my husband. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny. So I would get these messages. So years later, people really hadn't figured this out yet. And um, I went through a personal divorce and I actually had, a, had a, a fan contact me who found out about this through back channels. And he said, you know what? I'm gonna go and talk to that Alex Shaw and <laughs> give him a hard time. And I went, no, no, he's not my, He's not my uh, ex-spouse, <laughs> so that was so funny. Um, yeah, no, no, it's um, it's it's funny having sharing the name. You know, I don't meet many Shaws, and so right. you know, it's always quite quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I had someone think one of your books was mine because of the same initial, the A Shaw. You know, right. um, yeah. my middle name's William. It's, it doesn't begin with R, so uh, I don't right. know, know what that was. So. Yeah, and I'm a girl. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, dear. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. you just uh, you just wrote a, well. You didn't just write. You just released a new. It's not a new series, is it? A new. Tell us about Cold Blood, and the Ada uh, No series. Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, it's very funny because um, it, it's currently a free book series. Um, Cold Blood's the first one. Then there's Cold Black and Cold East, okay. and um, Cold Blood. Uh, used to be called Hetman. It was originally self-published back right. in 2008. Okay. And um, then I did the same follow-up book, uh, Cold Black, self-published that. Okay. And then suddenly I thought, you know what, should I try and get a publisher? And suddenly I, I contacted about four different publishers. I think I got two offers at the time. Uh, okay. went, went with a, a company called Endeavor Press. And... So they published both of those, plus a third one, Cold East. And then about eight months ago, Endeavor Press, um, they decided that the two, two, the two managing directors decided that they would, wanted to close the company and have their own inde, inde, uh, independent companies. So, they, they, so Endeavor Press vanished. Okay. But both partners wanted to re-sign me. And at that time, I thought, hang on. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more readers now. Let's see if I can get a bigger publisher. So I contacted four different publishers, and I got three offers. Um, and the nicest one at the time I got was from HarperCollins. So their imprint, um, HQ Digital. So there we go. So six months later, they've just re-released the books. So people that people That's that nice. knew me mm -hmm. are thinking, hang on, these are the same books. Mm -hmm. For me, it's my back catalogue, but for new readers, they're new books. 
Right. So, yeah. So in the meantime, you know, I've been I've been quite lazy because you know now the books have been published two or three times, and each time it's a new book. <laughs> <laughs> so I better hey. write something new. So right, that's great. What are you working on now? Um, apart from my tan, um, I'm. Um, I just, <laughs> yeah. I took some books, some more books I'd written before that was for the Kindle World series. Right. And right. One of them. I've added about 30,000 words to do, taking it from 50 to 80. And mm -hmm. Aidan Snow's in that, but as a secondary character. And that's about a French assassin called Racine, Sophie Racine. Ooh. And that might come out next year with HarperCollins. Um, mm -hmm. hasn't, been, hasn't been, you know, physically given the okay yet. But it's with my German publisher, so it should come out with them as well. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll see. Um, but I've got a couple other things I'm working on too. Um, and it's an anthology that's coming out in December. So. That's very cool. There we are. Yeah. yeah. Okay, um, let's see. Uh, we have a couple of uh, folks here. And Michael Don Gibbons, he's a fan of both of ours. Oh. Great. Hello. Hello, Michael. If you've got any questions, Michael, please, please uh, post them. I do have some questions for you. So I often ask different authors what their writing life is like. What do you, what do you do during the day? Is this your full time job? It is. Um, I'm also a stay at home dad. Um, the thing is that yeah, I take my kids to school and pick them up, awesome. and in between, um, when I'm not doing housework, I, <laughs> I'm trying to write. So. Uh, it is, yeah. I mean, it's, That's it's a full-time job in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've been, I suppose I've been a full-time author now for 10 years. Um, and, you know, ever since my kids were born, well, nine years, to be honest. And, you know, um, although, funny thing is, we're living in Qatar at the moment. And... Um, in Qatar. Yeah. It's, well, American the funny thing about the country is learning how to say it. Like, okay. the, the, locals, the locals say Qatar. Qatar. Okay. Um, I used to say Qatar, like uh, like something in your nose, but now I say Qatar. Okay. Um, so we're living we're living in Doha now, which is the capital yeah. city of, of that country, Qatar. Um, and we have to get these ID cards, and the ID cards have your occupation on them. Mm -hmm. And so when I first came over, my my occupation said said nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your occupation is nothing. And when I tried to get a driving license, I couldn't get a driving license because I had no occupation. Oh my gosh. I, and they said to me, what do you do? I, so I explained, okay, we ought to change your, your um, card. So it says husband. And so now my, my, official, my official job now is husband. That's funny. Uh, it's different cultures, you know. It is, yeah. And the locals laughed at me when it said nothing. And others <laughs> laughed at me when it said husband. So <laughs> I don't speak Arabic. Perhaps they wrote something wrote something different, but you know. Wow. Yeah. What's oh, you want husband? Yes. Oh, good. So it's okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and, uh, your writing day. So you get the kids off to school, and then you. you yeah, we have we have early starts here. I mean, I have to get the kids. The kids start school at seven thirty in the morning. That's um, right. So yeah. So I'm I'm back here maybe quarter to eight eight o'clock, and then. You know, I I try to start writing, to be honest, about half past eight or so, sometimes earlier. Um, write for a couple of hours mm -hmm. and then see what I need to do. Um, 
sometimes I just go out to different places because I'm still I'm still kind of enjoying being in a, in a new country. Yeah. Um, other times, you know, I must say, I, <clears throat> not as much as I should do. I occasionally go to the gym. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I should be going there a lot more or swim. <laughs> I, I should be doing that a lot more. Um, but yeah, and then I might, I might write in the afternoon as well. So yeah, I mean, on, on a good day, I can write all day. You know, I can get like a good five hours work done. Um, yeah, I can only write maybe four hours a day. Then I'm I'm just I'm just done. So we all do it differently. So it's interesting to see. Like I have to do emails and stuff in the morning first and get that yeah. promotion stuff. Then yeah. I, can, you know, then I feel like I can write. It's all it's a distance thing. When yeah, I'm, I mean, do, do you do you do you find that like social media gets in the way? I mean, it it helps you. Yeah, but also, it, used to, it used to. Now I ignore a lot of it. Hate to say that, but it's just, yeah. it's just such a waste of time. That I mean, I will I will certainly check messages and respond to just like emails. I will check them for anything I need to respond to. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of out of there. I know I need to get to work. Yeah, yeah I mean the thing the thing with me is I'll, I'll I'll log on to check something. I'll try and post something, and then suddenly I'll find that I've got like fifty people trying to maybe watch videos about cats or something. Yeah. <laughs> And um, yeah, cats are great. Dogs are great. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an animal person, you know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a pet camel, but I mean, I'm not really an animal person. So when I, when I see all these animal things, like, oh, great, oh, it's another cat. Okay, all right, okay. Oh, he's done what? That's lovely. You know, not trying to offend anyone. What's for dogs? Yeah, not Henry yet. My cat. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's outside right now. Uh, he's on the tiles, is he? He's out on the tiles yeah. for the evening. Mm -hmm. He's out for the day doing his thing. Yeah. <laughs> when I moved, he got lost. Uh, the airline lost him. And he ended oh. up getting uh, detained in Detroit or something overnight. And I'm like, how can my cat miss his next? Was he like, you know, dawdling on his way to yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened? Anyway, we oh, found wow. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to buy a pet parrot and bring it out here until I found the oh. parrot. Yeah, good history. It was on a no-fly notice, so no-fly oh. list, so it couldn't come out. Really? I've seen parrots on a list here. Not okay. Okay. Yeah, I but saw that post of yours of parrots. Was it about a yeah. year ago? You were in an airport. There's a parrot or something. Right. It was like at two in the morning. I had been bumped. I was coming back from Indianapolis, I think. I was at an event coming back, and it was, uh, I think it was winter. Right. I was and delayed for like eight hours. Two o'clock in the morning, I finally get on a plane to Seattle, and there are two dogs, two cats, and a parrot, a huge parrot that's loose. Wow. So uh, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, really? This is just crazy. So it was, it was, it was funny to post and see the fans' reactions. It was, I always have crazy yeah. um, flying, you know, stories to tell typically. Well, I, I saw some hawks a few months ago when I was going for the airport here in Doha. And they had handlers, and I think they were going business class. The hawks. It was really, really strange. They weren't. They were being held, you know, the, the, on the leather glove, and the hawks right. on. Very, very strange, you know. But I don't know. I don't know what happened. The one on my plane. That was quite nice, but. That's strange. Well, I don't know if our readers would know this, but uh, Alex, I mean, we all have kids that grow up, and and as authors, you know, we don't have a normal working. Um, situation. So being able to know people around the globe when you have young adult children traveling or, or doing things has been awesome for me because you were actually sort of in charge of my son while he was studying abroad in England. 
And at the time, yeah. like, I don't know, like five miles from you. And you just said, nah, he'll be drunk the whole time. No worries. Well, I never got the call. So, you know, never got the call. And uh, yeah, but then just a few days ago, he, he calls me and he says, mom, I'm in Copenhagen, got a cheap flight. What do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, oh, man, who do I know in Copenhagen? It was too funny. So anyway, <laughs> wonderful. And I thank you for, you know, being the, the strategic person in case my kid ever needs help. So, no, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I owe yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so what are you working on currently? Is it the next uh, book in the, the Aiden Snow series? Um, no, I've got, I've got yet another book. Well, actually, I've got, I've got two that are kind of part-written. Okay. Um, one is about an assassin, a Russian assassin. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and um, it's basically a Russian assassin who realises that he's working for the wrong side. Oh. So, you know, he realises he's been used by the Kremlin and doesn't like it. You know, he was, he was patriotic when he realised that there's an agenda. Mm. And so that's kind of, about, you know, about, about, about halfway done. Um, there's also another book I've, I've half-written too, which is more crime. It's uh, Nordic Noir. It's got a Finnish detective who has to go to Kiev to investigate the death of someone he used to know. So That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've got several irons in the fire. It just depends which one I should, you know, finish first, you know. Um, and what did you, uh, uh, do you have anything in common with Aiden Snow, your, your main character? Well, we're, we're, we're both... We're both yeah. tall, dark, and handsome, so that's that's one. Yes, of course. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's, it helps. Um, <laughs> it's it's, yeah, it's it's a bind sometimes being beautiful. I tell you, you know, obviously you know yourself. But it, it's just right. The fans, the letters, the people yeah. in the street. Can I have a photo, okay, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, Aiden, Aiden Snow. Yeah, I mean, basically, um, in the, the, the first book is, I suppose you could say, is a fictional account of my my time in in Kiev but you know I wasn't in the SAS I wasn't a soldier you know I mean Aiden Snow lived lived in the same flat I lived in he was from the same town as me mm. he worked at the same place I worked at so I think to be honest writing that first book was a type of catharsis it was I was trying to kind of see if I could write and try to get my ideas out mm -hmm. and then once I'd written you, that were you, you a know, I taught for a bit yeah oh okay I didn't know yeah. that yeah, I taught, I taught a bit, a bit in, in Kiev, in international school there. Um, but then when I came back to the UK, I was uh, working for Siemens, you know, um, selling hearing aids, which is great, really bizarre. Um, Sounds like Stephen around, he did something, yeah. pharmaceuticals. Everyone does something before. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's quite a lot of me in Aiden Snow. Um, I think probably got the same kind of moral set and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. I think he tries to be fair, but um, I mean, I tried to make him as a character that was more kind of rounded. I didn't want a character that was kind of like black and white, you know, a hero mm -hmm. that does everything like a comic hero, you know, or... Right. You need you know, flaws. You need them someone to... Someone says, yeah, you, you bad man, I'll shoot you now. No, I didn't want something <laughs> like that, you know. That's but, not working, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So what, what sets you on the path to writing? Um, I always wanted to write when I was a kid. I never really got the chance, you know, because yeah. at school, they, at school, they'd say, "Oh, write write a story about this," and I, I always ran out of time. Um, and so, then when I, when I went to university, I um, studied drama, 
and no. uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yes. And part of part part of the part of the part of the study was you could you could choose different aspects, and so part of it was uh, writing for the stage, writing for TV and film, and so I I, I learned a bit about that. But funnily enough, none of it was writing fiction, which, which are strange, like novels, you know. Yeah. And so I had some ideas in my head that were a bit silly. I had friends who were fantastic, you know, who could really be novelists. Um, and then when I left university, I went to live in, lived in Ukraine. And I didn't have a TV for a while. And then I had a TV that only had one channel in English, BBC World. And it was in black and white for some weird reason. And so I started reading a lot. And I realised there were lots of books because I, I I started reading books about the SAS, like the Gulf War and stuff and things. And yeah. there, were, there were there were two British soldiers who became quite big authors, uh, Chris Ryan and Andy McNabb. And I started to read their stuff and other spy things. Mm-hmm. And I realised that everybody was writing about the same places. Everybody was writing about Moscow. No one was writing about Ukraine. And I thought, okay, I'm not an expert on the SAS or the military or spies. But now that I'm in Ukraine, I've kind of become an expert on Ukraine. Yeah. So if I write about what I know, which is Ukraine, and mm-hmm. what I'm doing in Ukraine, and what I'm seeing in Ukraine and experiencing, then I can learn the other side of things. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's what I did. And it was a hobby, really. I mean, my first book, I, I, it took me 12 years to write because of yeah. writing it on and off. You know, sometimes I take a year off. And then I wrote about a third of it in like four months. I suddenly got the idea again, you know. Yeah, um, it comes to you. So, yeah, and then after that, I thought, hang on, I can do this. And so the rest of it came faster, you know. Cool. I mean, you got serious about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think if it took 12 years to write, I'd be, I'd be as daft as you know, George R. R. Martin, wouldn't I, you know? Oh, when I met book out. Yeah, I saw the photos of you. Wow, yeah. isn't that cool? Yeah, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a funny guy. No. I mean, no, I mean, he is, he's, um, he's drab funny, you know, but you know how we have like, you know, our fan problems, the poor guy. Yeah. He has fan problems. <laughs> and I think that kind of sucks your humor, makes you more cynical, you know? Well, I think when you write a certain type of fiction, something, something that kind of people get fanatical about, you know, fans that are fanatical, you know, the fans that are crazy. It's almost like a Star Wars thing, isn't it? You know, they're kind of, you know, they're super fans, you know. Yeah. Where, you know where, I'm happy to be an author, but I don't want to be that famous. Ever. Yeah, That's yeah. just how much I've seen it. I mean, he had, he had guards watching him. I mean, he had to have security. It was scary. Wow. Well, and which house were the guards from? Were they from Targaryen or what house? <laughs> were, they, were they were they were they night watch? Were they from the night's night's watch? Yeah, he had security. Yeah, no kidding. No, he had security guards. One of them was author Simone, uh, and I cannot remember his last name, but he was um, he's Royal Canadian uh, ex Royal Canadian Police, and so was he was yeah. he on horseback. Nope, <laughs> he was not on horseback. But he was, you know, he was watching. George could afford the horse. Right, exactly. You know, yeah. There's not going to half measures there, you know. Where do you, where do you typically write from? From your home? Do you have a specific office? Or is there a certain place you like to write from? Well, um, I used to write on location. I used to go to places I was, I, I was yeah. writing about and, and sit there and write, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like once I was sitting... Um, in a cafe next to the um, headquarters of the Ukrainian intelligence agency. Wow. 
and I was sitting there writing about the building next door. Um, and another time I was um, in, in, in Russia, actually. I went to Moscow. I was in Gorky Park. I started writing in Gorky Park. Okay. Um, that scene never went into anything, but I was writing there. So I used to do that. But mm -hmm. And it's amazing what you can see, you know, if you're in the same place you're um, writing about. It's amazing, like the details you can you you can see, right. like colours of doors or the temperature or the the, the smell of things, you know, exactly. traffic, etc., noises. But if not, then I'm especially you know if not I'm right I write at home. I mean, uh, most recently I've been writing, you know, j just in my kind of like uh, living room here in in Qatar, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I'll occasionally sit at a kitchen table and write, or if I'm feeling you know quite quite kind of you know. Um, Debauched, then I'll go and write on the chaise lounge. Okay. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. I can, I'll go right on the chaise lounge. You see. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. The lights. <laughs> you see. I'll kind of, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll luxuriate in the corner there. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> because okay. at the moment it's too hot to write outside. At the moment, you know, it's a. Uh, yeah. It's it's a desert, so it's too hot outside. So. How hot? How warm is it there? Like in Fahrenheit, if you can do it. <laughs> yeah, funnily enough, I was watching a show earlier, a car, a car show from Texas, and they had the thermometer on the screen, so I could guess what it was. In in my in my um, in my figures, it's like forties. Um, in yours, in the US, that's what it's, it's like above a hundred, up to one hundred and ten. Oh wow! Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the heat's okay when there's no humidity and it's dry heat. It's fine, but when, but when there's you know when it's wet. That's the worst, right. you know, because you got yeah. you come outside. It's like you're in a sauna, you know. Um, I mean, I've had to start buying the mascara that's waterproof because otherwise, you know, it's just awful. You're like panda and stuff, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it's terrible, really. But one of our fans, mutual fan, I think Cheryl Elliott says, "Hey guys." So, uh, hi Cheryl. Oh, hello, hello hi. Cheryl. Yes. Uh, let's see. I have a lot of other questions. No. So, uh, what would you do if you no longer wrote and your kids grow up and you're like me, but you no longer wrote? What would you What would you do? Um, it would probably be too late for me to get back into the ballet by then. So mm -hmm. um, I'd have to. Yeah, I don't know really. Um, I, I can't. I can't think now seriously a life a life about writing. I mean, I no. I wanted to, I wanted to become an actor when I was younger. Um, you could be an actor. I just matched training, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, you know, both the roles that I want now, I, I, I haven't been shortlisted for, which I'm, I'm quite annoyed actually, you yeah. know, uh, the roles of either James Bond or Jack Reacher, you know, I'm just, hey, I can't do it. I can't do an American are, accent, you know, I mean, I've got the Tom Cruise hair, but I can't do the American accent, you know, so. They're in the United States. I don't know if you've heard this. They're looking for a new Jack Reacher for the television show. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that because actually, He's your friend, isn't he? Lee Child. Uh, yeah, Lee Lee Child, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've met him a couple of times. He's a very he's a very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, the very first time I met him actually, um I was introduced to him by another author called Lee Russell. Um Sunny Water, I'm afraid. Um so <laughs> yeah, so I was I was introduced to him. Yeah. And went up and shook his hand, he looked me up and down and he said, How tall are you? <laughs> And I said, the same as you, the same as Reacher. And he said, mm, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just a bizarre, bizarre meeting. I have a story about him. I've met him a few times. 
Uh, he was at Bouch, um, he was at Thriller Fest the last time I was there. And my boyfriend is a huge Jack Reacher fan. So I got picked up one of his books and I went up to Lee and asked him to sign it. And he looks at me and he goes, and I said, can you make this to Tony? And he said, um, he goes, sure, who's Tony to you? And I, and I said, he's, he's my boyfriend. And he scribbles something inside and I don't look at the inscription, I just bring it upstairs. And later I open it and look at this inscription and it says, Tony, you're a lucky guy. And he signed it. <laughs> he's such a cad. Um, but it was fun. He's he's hilarious. He is very tall and just a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's he's an example of someone who's made it really big um, through hard work. Obviously, not not, right. not just luck. Um, someone who's very approachable. I mean, I met him at the Crime Fest. Uh, that's a big it's a big event in Bristol in England uh, each year. It's been over ten years now. And um, I remember the day after I met him, he was just sitting in the coffee shop having a coffee in the corner. And um, nobody, no, nobody was kind of, you know, pestering him or approaching him. I was still a bit starstruck. I was like this. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I had to sit at someone else's table just so I didn't kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then the silliest thing, well, not silliest, the strangest thing was that we had a, a gala dinner that night, uh, that evening you know, like cer award ceremony and things. And we, it was all kind of, you know, set out who sat where, etc. And there was a big screen as he went into the event saying, which table you were on. And I kept looking for my name. And suddenly I found my name on Lee Child's table, sitting next to Lee Child. Nice. <laughs> and so I was, I was completely starstruck again, even though I've been chatting to him before, you know, and I'm, just, just, just sitting there and uh, next to him, and he he started pouring me wine, which I thought was quite nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> but, he's a nice guy, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it is it is nice when you meet people that are kind of you know big in the business, and um, they are nice people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I can generally say that I think I've only, I mean, I've, I've met a lot of authors, I know a lot of authors, and they're all more successful than me. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and I've only met a couple of people who I didn't like, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention their names at all. Um, a couple that I didn't like, a couple that I found strange, you know. But everyone else is, you know, it was all especially in the crime and thriller community. You're rooting for each other, you know. You're um, not afraid to help each other, you know. Right. It's, it's just like a big club, really, you know. Really um, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's always there's always going to be one or two standouts, but uh, we all you know we all have readers that uh, travel to a certain genre, you know, and yeah, and yeah, that's why it's good, I guess, to have those differences. Let's see, Donna Broussard says hello, and Cheryl says I still can't figure out why he would allow Tom Cruise <laughs> to play Jack Reacher. I don't think at the time he had a choice. It was one of those rights things where um, I, there's this funny. Yeah. You probably know more about this than I do. <laughs> well, he, I, I, I was speaking to him about this about four years ago, uh, okay. three or four years ago, and he he wouldn't he wouldn't say you know I just because I, I quote there was a quote he he said that was that you know reach you know Tom Cruise has like a hundred percent reach intensity but like seventy percent of the height or something you know <laughs> which I thought was being generous. 
And Sarah repeated that to him, and he just nodded and said, "Yeah." yeah. Um, but, but the, you know, but the thing is, um, he's a, he's he's now come out and said that okay, you know, the new top, the, the new reach will be taller um, than Cruz was. Um, but the funny thing is, as soon as you say something like that, people start to kind of try to kind of, you know, create some kind of animosity between you, even though there isn't one. You know, right, right. I mean, to be honest, every every Tom Cruise film he's in, you know, is Tom Cruise. But I really did like him as, as Jack Reacher. Oh. You know, um, I think the way they filmed it, you couldn't really see that he's five foot five or, or, or whatever he is. Yeah. Um, I think it's five, uh, six. I don't yeah. know. And but but yeah, I mean he, he does do a good reacher, you know. Yeah. Um, the thing about Lee Child is that he's always funny. He's always joking. He has a very dry sense of humor, so you can never take him seriously. So yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you quote, you know, if you quote somebody exactly what they say, and you weren't in the room or you didn't hear them, then it just look a bit different, doesn't it? Yeah, take mm -hmm. it out of context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So research trips, you don't really, you know. I used to do a lot of research trips and now it, it just, it depends. I'm picky about where I'm going and what I'm going to do. So are you about yeah. the same? You're kind of, it's not that you're limited there. You have a whole different world, you have a whole different experience to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, because I used to live in Ukraine, when I wrote about Ukraine, I kind of knew what I was writing about and I could just walk out the front door to the places I was writing about. Mm -hmm. Um, more recently, I had to do kind of more on kind of like, you know, uh, Google Earth or Google Street View, etc. Um, right. Which is which is great, which is excellent if you're a burglar, you know, you can see, right. you can see which house has, has, you know, security cameras or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I do travel quite a bit. And each time I travel somewhere, I think, oh, I could use this in a book. For example, you know, mm -hmm. over this past year, I've been to the Maldives twice. I've been to Oman as well. Um, and these are all interesting places. Um, and we, we're going somewhere at Christmas, not too sure yet. But the thing is, I really want to write about Qatar, but I can't really, because mm. if, if I write anything here that the authorities don't like, in theory, mm -hmm. they might tell me to leave the country. It, it's, oh, you can't it's, that. yeah. You know, there, there, there's a friend of mine who's... Um, she works here and she's written several books and her books got banned because of that they meant that they they mentioned the country not in a bad light but just in like an unusual light you know yeah. and so I, I enjoy being here every country has its issues and i've, I've, I've you know really I've, I'm not in cows any here you know right. but i'm thinking i'd rather you know write something that's not so close to home now you know yeah uh, I do, you know i do like being here and i'd hate to offend anyone you know Sure. Yeah. So, Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Is there? Um, do you do you plot things down like writers do whenever you write, or do you just let it come to you? Are you a pantser or a plotter? I plot more than I used to. I mean, I hmm. I kind of get about ten bullet points, um, okay. and I'll expand from the bullet points. Um, or I'll kind of get an, get, I'll be writing one scene and get an idea for another one and make a note of that. Um, I've really tried actually now to try and write a fully structured outline for for, for a novel, but it's I tried that. I, I kind of get to a certain point and just want to write. Right. Um, 
Yeah. To be honest, I think one of the one of the benefits of actually having an outline is that you can very easily turn an outline um, into a tool when you're submitting to publishers or agents. You know. Yeah, that's true. You know, and that, that, that that's one benefit of it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, like, like like you know, a synopsis. You know, oh. but um, the problem is that the majority of writers I know, we have to write a synopsis after written the novel. Right. <laughs> and try to turn 80,000, 90,000 words into 3,000 words, four pages that, that says everything about the story. It's pretty impossible, you know. My last book, I actually let the editor write the synopsis. I was just done. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, was, I paid to have the synopsis written. <laughs> and she did. She did a great job on that. So it was all there. And she had to edit it. So. Well, exactly. Some, sometimes you're just too close to it, aren't you? You're too right. close to, yeah. to, to write it, yeah. That's yeah. a great, uh, and, and editors do offer that many times, and that's wonderful because they have yeah. to through anyway. Um, what is like the, or how many books have you written now? I haven't even looked. How many books have I written? Yeah. I saw you ask this question to Steve Concoli. Oh. <laughs> he didn't know, and he says, "Hey, is it 15? Right? I, said, I can't remember an accent, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, so I've got to think now. Um, yeah. Three Aiden Snow novels, right? Another one that's finished um, with, with Aiden Snow. That's four. Um, a vampire book I wrote a while ago, which I wrote it for the American audience, and I get I get fan mail, and that's that's five. I didn't know that. That's Military good. vampire, yeah, yeah." Wow. It's called Delta, Delta Force Vampire cool. was the idea for the series. And book one's called Insurgency. Okay. Book two is called Black Ops. And I haven't written that yet. I've written about a third of that. So that's five. Mm -hmm. um, what else have I written? I wrote, a, I wrote a, um, a young adult book about time traveling double glazing salesman. Cool. So, so that's six. Mm -hmm. um, then I've I wrote three books for Kindle Worlds, two of those were novel length. Right. So that's that's I remember eight, reading, eight and a half, say. I remember reading that one and being quite impressed with, oh, you, with oh, that. Thank yeah. you. Um, so that's, that's eight and a half. Then, okay. I, then I've written some um, novellas too um, and some short stories. And I've, I've been in several anthologies. Right. So. I was going to say, I know you've done a lot of anthology work, and that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really should concentrate more now, I suppose, on, on getting the novels out there, you know. Um, it's it's uh, fun to be able to write these short stories, though, and submit them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you get sidetracked. You get right. sidetracked. Well, you know, get an idea and you want to put the idea down. And you think, oh, well, this is one idea. I can just write this down in a few days. And then suddenly the idea gets bigger. But Yeah. So um, what has been the most... Like the coolest um, purchase you've ever made as a writer. Another one of my oh, Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't, I just, hmm, my Kindle, I suppose, although that was a present. Okay. See, I, I, I haven't bought a paperback now for about six years. Let's see, Russell Blake, he purchased a, um, a walking treadmill. Oh, okay, yeah. For work, you know? Oh yeah, the, the walking desk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's. I've, I've, I've had I've had a look at those. I've had a look at those. They are quite expensive, but yeah. No, I haven't really bought myself anything to write with. I mean, I wanted to get a really nice kind of you know, 
um, nice leather bag to carry my laptop around in. But I just... I did that. Oh, my gosh. See? My nice leather bag. That's it. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. By Fry. Love it. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but when I'm writing out and about, I'm generally writing on paper, so it's generally notebook, you know. Um, you write in a notebook? Wait a minute. Sorry? You write in a notebook? When I'm writing on location, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, paper notebook. I don't mean like a, a you know, a, an apple or a banana. I mean, you know, like I've, a, seen, I've seen this strangeness a few times in different conventions I've gone to where, where writers are actually handwriting in notebooks. And I'm like, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, it's great dedication. So that's fantastic. That you yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I have a friend who you've met, a guy called Alan McDermott, who's a. Yes, who's a I met him. And um, if, he, if he eventually watches this, hello, Alan. Um, and um, what he does is he goes, because he's in the same town as me. Well, lives in the same town I used to live in, you know, when I'm back in England. And he goes, he goes to the library four days a week and writes in paper, longhand on paper. Wow. On the fifth day, he works at home, putting it all onto a computer. And when he puts it onto a computer, that's his first edit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically, that counts as his second draft. He could yes. not computer. Um, I, very rarely do I take my computer out of me. Um, the simple reason that if, if I'm going somewhere a bit strange to write about, for example, I was in this weird bus stop, uh, bus stop in Kiev, um, in the outskirts, and I thought, I'm sitting here, I'm a foreigner, I just want to be writing on paper. Not that it's dangerous, but just in case I, I, I lose anything or something gets um, borrowed from me. Yes, yeah, that yeah. makes sense, gosh. So, so yeah, and also you know, a, a little bit of paper is easier to carry around in, in your pocket than a, mm -hmm. than a computer, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, Cheryl asks, I, I always ask, what is the worst review you read about your books and were they <laughs> 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 Um I got one 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 review I got from my vampire thing. It it said it was one star and it said wouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Um Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm just You're trying right. to think. Yeah. Yeah. It's like okay, well you've got me there, it wouldn't happen because <laughs> vampires aren't real. So okay, great. I have to agree with that. Yeah. Well, please give me five stars and say that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I also got a one-star review by someone who, who got confused with the star system. One-star review, and it said, a great book, really enjoyed this, can't wait for the next. And it was one star. Mm -hmm. They got the stars confused and clicked one rather than four or, or, or something, yeah. you know. This never... Um, yeah. Do you read them every day now, or...? When you first, when I first, when I first started, I used to, yeah. and because my books were on Kindle at the very beginning, um, I was one of the first British authors, I think, to kind of write in my genre on Kindle, um, especially who was self-published at the time, you know, back, 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 in, back in 2008, whenever it was. And um, I used to get bad reviews in the US because people complained that I misspelled things when it was English spellings, right. and, and they complained you know, um, this book is from a British viewpoint. Yes. And? Or even though, 
even though this is written from the viewpoint of a bridge. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just difficult, you know. Are not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to I used to read my reviews, and then I went for about two years, actually being a bit too scared to read any American reviews because when you first start, they're like you know bad reviews like a dagger, and then after that you kind of grow a thick skin, you know. And so now, of course, if I get a bad review, I'm upset, I'm annoyed, mm -hmm. but I get over it because it's one person's opinion. Right, but. but it does take your emotional energy at the same time, you know. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. But what, what what I find strange is that the number of views I get is a lot less than other people who perhaps sell more uh, sell less books than me. Like there's one guy I knew. He's every book he get, you know, every book comes out, I get fifty, a hundred, two hundred reviews for it, mm -hmm. and he'll sell he'll sell less than me. So it's weird that kind of like people buy my books but don't review them. I look to myself and I think, do I always review every book I read? Well, you know, I used to. I don't now because I have the time. So, you know, so. I don't reviews on Amazon, at least. Yeah, the number. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What, what, what's your worst review then? Oh, Lord. I, you know, honestly, I don't look at them much anymore either. Um, I have had a few where this, that's not realistic, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, I've had a couple like that. Um, but Cheryl posted, she said, I posted on that review for you, the one star. And it's funny how our fans who look at these things, they will come to our defense. Um, yeah. And then, then we all get in trouble. Yeah, we get accused that we know these people. Right? <laughs> but they do, yeah. they're defensive for you, and that's, that's a wonderful yeah. I mean, I mean, Cheryl, thank you very much. You know, obviously, yeah. I'm not saying I don't know you, but it's, it's you know, it's like, you know, you, you know what I mean. It's, you know, it's like, oh, oh, we've got an army there. You know these people. You're not allowed to review. Sorry. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. Anybody else have any questions? Please post them. Um, do you have any, like, uh, where do people find your stuff? We're almost out of time. Where do people find my what? My stuff? Yeah. Where do people, do you have a website? Oh, I do, but it needs to be updated. Um, the, be the best way to find my stuff is just, just, just to Google Amazon, you know, uh, my, my Amazon author page. Um, my, new, my new stuff is coming out in paperback as well. It's going to be in, uh, available to order in most good bookshops and some strange ones as well. But most, most good bookshops, if you're able to order it there. Uh, as well as on Amazon. Um, so yeah, I mean, the thing is, I, people have author pages, and I started one, and I haven't used it for about four years. Hmm. So I just, you know, I'd, I'd rather people ask me, ask me, you know, come on my normal Facebook page and say, hey, where's your stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, Amazon's the best bet. Yeah. Or Kobo as well now. Kobo? Really on Kobo, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. cool. I heard Kobo is doing some kind of, uh, um, <clears throat> They have some kind of new deal with Walmart for ebooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ebooks, Walmart. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know much about it, but we'll see if it works out. Hopefully, we'll see if it gives Kindle a run for its money. Who knows? Well, yes. I mean, yeah. See, the people of Walmart reading ebooks would be good, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge market. It really is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. So, is there anything else you want to say about your new release? Is it coming out in audio? Um. HarperCollins has the right for audio. Okay. Um, 
we were in discussions about that. Um, I haven't got any specific release dates for that yet. Um, but I suppose, you know, I'd just like to say to everyone who's, who's, who's read my stuff, uh, thank you very much. Reviews do help. For those people that haven't read my stuff yet, um, shame on you. <laughs> I know, right? Um, They're also been... guys. I have a meeting. Bye, Cheryl. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here. So, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've just, you know, um, I need to write more. I know I've been a bit lazy. You know, I've got friends that are just prolific. They're writing the whole time. And they've got day jobs. So I think there's like, they're focused for that two hours at night when they write, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy what I do and I'd like to do it a lot more, you know. And I could only do that really if, if I get the support of readers, you know. What are you reading right now yourself? Most writers are, are readers. What are you reading currently? I'm reading the first of a series of books set in Iceland. Oh, cool. Do you know the author's name? I, I do know the author. Um, <laughs> Sorry? No, no, it's, no, it's, it's, it's fine. This, this, sometimes, sometimes my mind is a complete blank. Oh, yeah, same here. I, I, I know the author. I've even, I've even met the author. I've even had drinks with the, <laughs> with the <laughs> author. And do you think I can... Do you, do you think I can remember his his name his name now? Uh, Michael Ridpath. Michael Rid, Ridpath. Yeah, he's an English guy. Um, he used to write about financial things, and then he went into crime fiction. And um, he's got a series um, set in Iceland with um, a uh, detective called Magnus, who is Icelandic but has gone to the States, grown up in the States. Now he's come back to Iceland to, um, to you know, work for the Icelandic Police Department, the Reykjavik Police Department, because he's an expert on criminal investigations and murders. And so he's kind of come to kind of give them lots of help there, you know. Yeah, well, um, we're definitely like on the right track, writing stories in the Ukraine and Iceland and all these, you know, like that's an interesting part of the, the world that Americans don't really know a ton about. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got another friend who all his books are set in, in, um, in Thailand and cool. um, also, you know, uh, in the Far East, a guy called Jake Needham. And yeah, yeah. His, his, stuff's, his stuff's really good as well. Um, and when I read a book, I, I like to learn something new about a country, you know. I don't read books that are based in small English towns or small English villages. I mean, Miss Marple was great when I was a kid <laughs> watching it on TV, but I, I wouldn't read anything like that, not because I don't think it's good, but because it's not my cup of tea, you know. Right, right. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather, I like to travel from my armchair, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I like interesting things, you know, so I like books by Mark Greeny because they're going around the world, you know. I met Mark Greeny, great yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, have you sold any movie books to any of your books yet? Because they are definitely destined that oh, way. Thank you. Yeah, um, we've been. There's been something in the background going on for about two years now, um, cool. with Cold East, um, and potentially with, with with Cold Black and maybe Cold Blood. Um, I can't say much more about it. You know, I, have have uh, Tom Cruise be your be Aiden Snow. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, open. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if I can't play myself, then I don't know. I, I quite, I quite like right. Gerard Butler to be him. You know, um, 
you know, not this is Sparta, this, this is Worthing, you know, he'd, he'd do it in my hometown, he'd do that quite well, you know. Um, but it's always exciting, you know. I mean, a, a friend of mine had their book optioned by Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, and um, that was a couple of years ago now. Um, hasn't happened yet, but it's, 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 a very, it's, a very, it's a very strange business, you know, because another friend of mine had a book optioned last year for TV, um, and, you know, they have X amount of time. They pay you a fee, X amount of time to make it in, right. otherwise it lapses, you know. Yeah. Um, but Some another... People, uh, they know. make a living off of selling their rights perpetually, which is amazing. That's it. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I wish I had yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jake, Jake Needham sold the rights to Big Mango's first book to James Gandolfini, you know, the guy from the, um, um, what, what do you call it, that crime thing set in New Jersey. The mob? You know, you can see how much TV I watch recently. Yeah, you know. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't watch much television. I read all the time. Italian I'm, mafia based in New Jersey. I can't remember the name, but someone okay. goes woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. I can't remember it. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I must be awful. I'm, I'm, I'm losing. I'm losing viewers and uh, readers here because I think God, he knows nothing. I'm currently reading this, The War oh, of, wow. and I highly recommend it. Anyway, like self-help self -help thing, is it? Or? It is sort of. It is It is written by Stephen Pressfield, and he wrote, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was uh, this wonderful novel about the Battle of Thermopylae, Thermopylae, a few, a historic battle. And, okay. um, but this is great for writers. It's fantastic for writers because it tells you why you resist writing when you sit down. And uh, it's great advice. He's, it's changing. So yeah. I highly recommend this. It's, it's fantastic. But he tells you all the things of why you're resisting. Because you know, we both know that whenever you sit down at that computer and you need to write, you think of a million other things that you could or you could go do, right? That's, why? that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I think the only thing that gets me writing is being told I've got a big long list of housework to do. And <laughs> right. if, if the option is, you know, um, do, do the right. washing, the laundry, or, 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 or Hoover, uh -huh. vacuum clean, or write, I think, oh, I thought I'd do a bit of writing. I've got an idea. I'm um, writing. I've got to get done. Yeah. <laughs> well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. We've known each other for years, but never have spoken face to face. I know. I know. It's terrible, wow. isn't it? You're going to have to go to Thriller Fest in New York next year so we can actually meet. Yeah, you know what? I really want to try and do Thriller Fest next year. Um, yeah. yeah. Alan McDermott, ride the plane over. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, yeah. Come over, Alan. Yeah. Well, if I do come, I'll, I'll, come, I'll probably come straight from Qatar. So it's going to. So, oh, that'll be yeah. a little diversion. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'll have to go via London. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick him up. I'll, I'll save the seat. Come on over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for you having me, and thank you, thank you, everyone there watching and asking questions or just laughing in the background. I mean. <laughs> and read Cold Blood and congratulate. Please do so. Yeah, yes. read Cold Blood, Cold Black, and Cold East. Yes. And then buy them and pay for that. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Alex. <laughs> thank you, Annette. Bye, bye.